Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, thank you for joining me today. There is a conversation I have had with bereavers often enough, and if you don't know what a bereaver is, it's a parent who's been bereaved of their child. And like I said, I've had this conversation with bereavers often enough that I decided to talk about it here on the podcast. And the topic is how people we thought would be there for us, they just aren't. They aren't there for us long term. And it really hurts, doesn't it? I want to play a short clip for you. You're going to be hearing from Rita Jackson, who was on episode 95, When Our Child's Organs Were Donated. And this was part of our recorded conversation that wasn't used for that podcast. When we recorded that podcast, we did a lot of talking, and the whole thing was recorded. And this piece was so good, I saved it, hoping that someday I would get to this. And so here it is. Let's hear what Rita has to say a huge stigma on on grieving um especially with parents it's such an uncomfortable conversation mm-hmm. like i i think people just pretty much go oh i don't you know i don't want to go there on my feelings so they totally shy away from it completely and it and it makes it real difficult for us grieving parents to be able to talk about it at all um so it's it's very difficult it's it's very difficult i've lost all of my friends I had a huge group of women that were um, just like myself, as far as kind of like a single mom, um, career driven, you know, very, very active in their career, but also very, um, you know, very a family person doing things with the kids, love their family. And as soon as my daughter passed, slowly, all these moms just completely disappeared. They stopped answering my calls, answering my text messages, stopped calling me. And then I started thinking about it. I, I put myself in their shoes and went, that would be devastating for me in a way to look at this person or talk to this person and, and realize that that could be me. That could be me. I, you know, I could have lost my child, but literally lost every single one of those mothers, which to me was a very good support group. But I, I want to say that I understand, you know, how uncomfortable that would be that I'm their reality, you know, that that could happen to them. So have things been for you like they were for Rita? I hear that a lot. When our child dies, we are surrounded by family and friends who hurt with us. They cry with us. They pray with us. Some of them will sit with us. They'll call to see if there's anything we need. And a lot of times we'll get a couple of weeks worth, maybe even a month's worth of meals brought to our house. And then it seems like in three months, six months, 12 months later, that some of those same people who were there for us at the very beginning either start avoiding us or they start hinting that maybe it's time to pull ourselves out of our grief pit and start to move on, that we should be getting better by now. Maybe we should be getting counseling. If they don't think that, maybe they outright tell us that or we hear things that are being said It just seems like these same people don't want to be around us anymore. I know I have a friend now who is in this world of being a bereaved parent, and she told me recently that she had a a spiritual mentor that she's had in her life for years, 
and when her son died, this spiritual mentor lives in the same town, and this person never checked on her, has never called, has never come over. It's like this spiritual mentor in front of hers, it's like she doesn't even exist anymore. She never has heard from her. It's so painful, isn't it? And it's so shocking. Two years, three years, five years, ten years later, many of those people who were with us when it happened, when our child died, they almost seem to roll their eyes if we're still bringing up our child, especially if it's something that brings us to tears, or maybe we don't want to go to an event. Maybe our child died six years ago, and now there's a graduation, and and we just can't go. And people, it's like, I don't get it. Why don't you want to go? It's no big deal. You shouldn't be so upset about your child still. And, and they just don't get it, do they? For some reason, we seem to be on some kind of a timeline with them of needing to get over it. I asked the Perivers on our GPS Hope Facebook page about their experience with this a couple of days ago. And I asked, after your child died, were you surprised by those who quit calling? Did someone you used to be close to quit talking to you? Maybe you were ignored. Have you lost friendships after the death of your child? Feel free to share your experience below. And I want to read what some of them had to say. Connie said, I lost friends. Now almost three years since we lost our daughter, I realized they really were not my friends. It hurt so bad. The sad part about it was they were all church family, the ones I thought would be there. I also lost my relationship with my daughter's husband. I have found out since losing her, most strangers are kinder than some of the people who really know me. Sad. Debbie says, yes, it's been three years, and they are church friends who are also people we raised our children together. So hard to understand. Teresa said, yes, I lost several friends after my son died. They just dropped off the face of the earth, it seems like. So sad. You really find out who your true friends are in a time like this. And Jennifer said, yes, I think most people don't know what to say to us, so they don't say anything. It makes them uncomfortable, so they distance themselves. I've also lost very close family members because they don't understand how losing your child completely changes you. And it does, doesn't it? They expect us to, you know, when are you going to get back to normal? When are you going to be back to, you know, being your fun self again? And we're never going to be the same. It's not that we'll never have fun again, but they want the old us back, and there is no old us anymore. We have to figure out who we are now with our child gone from us. It's like our child was amputated from us, and we have to figure out how to live with that part of us missing, and we're never going to be the same. And it's a true friend that walks this journey with us, but it's also very rare to have, unfortunately, a true friend who will walk with us through the change and still be our friend when we start coming out on the other side of the darkness and figuring out who we are again. Our bandwidth, I, I call it our bandwidth, it's like our energy is so different. We don't have energy for years. And I, for me, I was an international children's minister. I was a preschool teacher. So, I mean, I loved kids. These, these are high energy things, right? And it was my life 
was ministering to kids and being a high-energy person. And when Becca died, all of that went away. And it's been so frustrating to me because I pictured, you know, myself as a grandma someday and grandkids over and having sleepovers with grandkids and, you know, special nights at Lolly and Pops. That's that's who we are, Grandma Lolly and Pop. And it hasn't been like I pictured because I just, it's so hard. I love my grandchildren like crazy. Becca died October 12, 2011, so we're going to hit our 10-year mark this year in October. But just it took me until last year to really be able to fully be part of the energy of my grandkids, my younger grandchildren. And it's like we can go to their house or they can come see us. And after a couple of hours, I was just wiped out. I, I, needed, I needed to pull away and re-energize. And that is just so not like me. But there's really nothing I can do about it except continue to pray and ask God to heal me and to give me energy and to give me strength and to you know do these things help me do these things that I want to do but I'm so different now people don't understand that and unless you've lost a child I think about how I never understood that now I didn't really know anyone who had lost a child but I guess even just thinking about it I I don't know that I would have been any different if someone close to me had lost a child, I, I wouldn't have understood it. I know I wouldn't have understood it, not like I do now. It's just a really hard thing because our friends don't understand that we're not the same person and they think we should be that same person. And it's it's just not going to happen. One of the questions we can ask is why? Why are they so uncomfortable around us? And a couple of reasons that I've thought about is if it can happen to you, then it can happen to me as, as your friend. And I don't like to think about that. I don't like to think about my child dying. And so if I'm around you, it makes me scared and nervous to think that maybe that could happen to me someday. And so it's easier to just pretend like it doesn't exist. Another reason is because they don't want to say or do the wrong thing so they don't say or do anything. They just plain stay away. And we know that is the wrong thing. We need support. We need encouragement. We need people to just sit with us and be with us and help us. Some people just, they're afraid of hurting us more. And that's not possible, is it? Well, I guess it is. <laughs> when we're really in the beginning, I will say this. In the beginning, we are very raw. And Yes, people can say the wrong thing, and it can really, really hurt. I know when when my daughter Becca died, I did not know how I was going to react at the funeral and the service, the visitation. I didn't know if someone said something really stupid, like, um, well, at least you know where she is, or at least you got to have her for 29 years, or at least you still have your other four kids, those kinds of stupid things. I, if someone said something like that to me, I did not know how I was going to react. And so I actually asked my best friend to just hover around me all day in case uh, something happened and I lashed back out at somebody, she could step in for me and help me in some way. And she did. So at the beginning, people can say 
the wrong thing and really hurt us. But it's kind of like we get to a point where uh, some of us anyway, it's like I would rather someone say the wrong thing instead of ignoring me and pretending like I don't even exist anymore. And so we can all be different in that, I just want to say. But I want to ask you, does it really matter why someone no longer wants to be a part of our lives? What if their reason doesn't make any sense to us? Are we going to argue that excuse out of them? Would knowing the reason why that person has cut us out of their lives, is that going to really, truly make us feel any better? Do you really have the energy and the perseverance to try to help someone understand how much you need them right now? I know I sure didn't back then. The best thing we can do, hear me out here, is to forgive them and let them go. Let them go. And in doing that, we release ourselves to begin to heal from this wound that our friends and family did not intentionally give us. You know, Connie is exactly right. It's interesting. It's been fascinating to me. Something that I have noticed on this journey is that years down the road and we're talking about our child or, you know, like I said, we're missing our child for whatever reason, whatever trigger it is. And someone who knew us when our child died or knew our child, they can be frustrated at us about this. But someone who did not know us then, and they find out that we've been triggered or there's an event, something we, f- we feel like, I don't know if I can go to that. It's going to be really hard because my child died and this is going to trigger me. And people who didn't know us then, they seem to be more empathetic and they seem to have a lot more compassion and care for us. They let us know how sorry they are. They may even find a tear or two in their own eye thinking about what we have gone through, the death of our child. That's weird, isn't it? Why is that? Well, I'm sure I could sit and try to analyze it and come up with a reason, but instead I just want to call attention to it so that if you are in a place where you don't like to talk about your child, you don't want to say anything because you know the people around you are tired of hearing about it, you know they've been hearing about it since that day, I want to maybe suggest that you take a risk and open up to somebody who doesn't know that about you. And like I said, I know it's a risk. At the very least, don't feel like you have to run and hide if you get hit with an unexpected grief trigger when you're around people who may not know that that's part of your life. And I really suggest that you let those who are with you know why you're tearing up and invite them to join you in that sacred place of missing your child. I see three choices. When we're somewhere and we're with people and something triggers us, we can either get up and leave, just plain leave, go home. We can get up and maybe go to the bathroom, try to pull ourselves together and then return. Or we can take that moment and look at the people around us and say, I'm sorry right now, but, you know, whatever this is made me think of my child who's no longer here. And, you know, she died when she was 29, and this just makes me really miss her right now. You would be amazed at how people will come around you 
who did not know that about you or who didn't know you and your child when he or she left this earth, where they will come to you and they will they'll give you the comfort and the encouragement that you need. And they'll remember your child with you during that moment. If today's episode has really hit home with you, if you feel caught in this place of people around you not wanting to hear about how you're still missing your child, ask God to bring people into your life who will have compassion and allow you the needed grace to share your child with them. Right now, I am going to do something a bit different. I don't think I've ever done this before, but I want to read some reviews for this podcast. This first one is from BJJ76, and it says, Been so helpful. In this journey, you feel so alone, even though you are surrounded by people. To hear people talk about the same feelings and the same type of grief is comforting. We have one from Seize Hope, and it's titled Hope. And she says, It's hard to find the right words that say how much Laura's podcasts have helped me through this very difficult time. She's amazing, and I probably would not be here today without her words of hope. I look forward to every Tuesday. Thank you, Laura. Um, that's very humbling to, to read that. Thank you. This is from Big Louie Style. It says, I am so happy and relieved to find GPS hope. This painful journey of losing a child is a thief of all hope and joy. I knew immediately I would need the Lord to carry me if I had any hope of surviving. It actually took months for me to find Laura's wonderful message of godly hope. Everything else I listened to has its place, but I needed more God. Thank you, Laura. I don't know how you get out all the podcasts, YouTube interviews, weekly emails, and answer personal emails, but please don't stop. We need you and GPS Hope. If you are not on our email list and you would like to get a weekly word of hope sent to you, all you have to do, I'll just add this in right now before I read the next one, all you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash go slash hope. Just put in your name and your email address and you will start getting a weekly word of hope from me that this person was talking about. Then we have Witty the Pooh and it says, so thankful. I'm so thankful for Laura's podcast. I found GPS Hope on Facebook and I'm so glad I did. This grief journey is such a hard, lonely one. I'm getting answers I'm searching for through Laura. I know God is working through her. Even though I listen to her, it seems as though we're friends. Her honesty, compassion, caring, and sharing comforts me. And the last one I'm going to read here is from Elfie66. And it says, Saving Grace. This has helped me tremendously. Just honest and caring people who sadly are in the same situation as I am. Laura has truly opened my eyes to God more than previously in my life. I love how my emails and concerns get attention and responses quickly. Feels like we're friends on this desperate journey. Thank you so much. And I hope that you feel the same way that these people feel who wrote these reviews. Even though we may not have personally met, yes, I, I want to be your friend and I want to walk this journey with you. It's too hard to do it by ourselves. And like we were talking about in this episode, when people don't understand and they have expectations that you can't meet and then they walk away from us, it hurts and our friends shift 
you may find that a lot of your friends, God starts bringing people into your life who have also lost children. And these are lifelong, deep friendships. And I'm so thankful for each one of you that I've been able to meet, that I've been able to write to and email to, talk to you on Facebook, whatever. I really do enjoy the relationship that we have. One of the reasons I wanted to read those reviews is because those are the only ones on the podcast. If you listen to us on a regular basis, you know that last week was our 100th episode. This is 101, and that means we've been going for almost two years. And those are the only reviews that have been written for this podcast. Now, I hear from a lot of you by email. When you hear a podcast and you'll you'll send me an email and let me know how much you appreciated it. But I would love if you would do me the favor of going to wherever whatever app you use to listen to this podcast and give it a rating, hopefully five stars, and just write a short review. The reason for that is because The more reviews and ratings it has, the more it's called the algorithm, the more this podcast will get pushed toward the top when a bereaved parent is searching for something to help them. Plus, I think for yourself, you know that if you're looking at at a podcast or something you want to buy on Amazon, one of the first things you do is go to the reviews, right? You want to see how many stars it has, how many people have given it a rating. And if 71 people have given it five stars, it's like, that works for me. But if you only have a podcast has been out there for two years and only five people have written and said, this is really good, you should listen to it. You know, some of the parents might think, "Mm, I don't know, I'll keep looking. So if you have been helped by this podcast, would you please just take a couple of minutes and give it a, a rating and just write a short review? I would just really appreciate that. And it really is a way to pay it forward or someone else who has found themselves thrown into this same suffocating darkness and they're looking for hope and help. Let's go ahead and go on to our birthdays. First, we have Samuel Hines, who was born on March 19th and is forever seven years old. Jacqueline Landry, who was born on March 24th and is forever 18. Waylon McRae was born on March 25th and is forever 17. Michael Young was born on March 26th and is forever 22. Jacob Vidari was born on March 26th and is forever 20. Dakota Crandall was born on March 27th and is forever 25. We celebrate the day that these children came into the world and into the lives of these families who miss them so much. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced to our listeners and shared with everyone, it's very easy to do, and I would love to be able to do that. Just go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Just fill out that form. It gives us the information we need. And I will be happy to announce your son or daughter the week of his or her birthday. Losing a lot of our friends is something that almost every bereaved parent has eventually experienced. And that when we have grief triggers, 
Those who didn't know us when our child died seemed to have more grace and compassion for us than those who knew us when it happened. It would be easy to see this as something discouraging, but I want you to see it as something to bring you hope. There will still be those who will hurt with you, cry with you, and remember your child with you. It's just that they may be people you haven't met yet. So remember to pray and ask God to bring these people into your life. And we certainly do that with you here at GPS Hope. Remember, as always, to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.